BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Discover new technology and endless comfort with Victoria's Secret's number one collection, Body by Victoria. With over 3,500 five-star reviews, see what all the hype is about when it comes to their best-selling styles. Their latest innovation features lightweight construction that provides support where you need it without an ounce of padding. Experience unlined perfection with the nearly undetectable Invisible Lift Demi Bra, or comfortably reduce your bust line by up to one inch with the Invisible Lift Minimizer Bra. Available in cups A through G and bands 30 to 44, that's 43 sizes in 22 styles. Shop now at your nearest Victoria's Victoria's Secret store and online at victoriasecret.com. Introducing the first ever Grand Highlander, a midsize SUV with the ideal combination of space, performance, style, and advanced tech. The roomy Grand Highlander boasts three spacious rows with available seating for up to eight. It's available 362 horsepower hybrid max powertrain on limited and platinum trims, delivers the power, acceleration, and efficiency so your family can take on any adventure. There's even a standard digital key, a panoramic view mirror, and a 12.3-inch multimedia touchscreen so you can always arrive on time. Live life grander in the first-ever Toyota Grand Highlander. Learn more at toyota.com slash grandhighlander. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. Queen Charlotte, the official podcast, is a production of Shondaland Audio in partnership with iHeartRadio. Hey, welcome back to Queen Charlotte, a Bridgerton story, the official podcast, your exclusive destination for all things going all the way in deep dive, obsessive about Queen Charlotte and Bridgerton. I'm your host, Gabby Collins. And today we have a delightful episode in store for you. Joining us is the esteemed Bridgerton series author herself and the co-author of Queen Charlotte, a Bridgerton story. Julia Quinn. And today we're going to dive into the captivating world of Queen Charlotte and all of those secrets that lie within. Julia Quinn. Hello again. Hi. Hello. How are you? I'm good. The The sun is shining. I know everybody thinks the rain's always bad here, but it's, it's usually lighter, but Today we're good. Yeah, yeah. I like I was telling you, I, I really do love Seattle. Were you there while you were writing Queen Charlotte? I was. Ooh. I was. And it was most of it was in the summer when it's beautiful here. And so I actually wrote most of it in my backyard mm. in uh, hooked up, you know, I had a power cord to my computer strung across the whole thing. But what is a little known fact is my backyard is covered with wisteria and has been Stop. that way since before since before Bridgerton. The wisteria was not in bloom by then. Okay, because what? Oh, inspiration. Yes. I would like for you to take us back 
to the very early, early beginnings of working on this book. So, okay, tell me everything. Tell me from the, how did it happen? So, Shonda called me and, and I don't speak on the phone with Shonda that much. Uh, oh, so that's always very exciting. Oh, okay. You just, not that okay. much. <laughs> no, I mean, I probably was, <laughs> I, I, I don't, and, and it's, it's it's a huge event because usually, unless it's pre-scheduled, I get a phone call from her her uh, assistant saying, can you hold for Shonda? It's like waiting for the president. It's very exciting. Aww. Anyway, so Shonda called me personally to let me know that uh, they were going to be doing this spinoff of this prequel series. And I, I you know, I, I was floored and so excited as... I'm sure you can imagine, you know, and it's really kind of funny in some ways too, because Queen Charlotte is the one main character in Bridgerton who wasn't actually in the books, but she's also hands down my favorite change that they made. Truly, I would say, you know, 90% because of Golda Rocheville, who I think we can all agree is the coolest person on the planet. So cool and magnificent. Her Majesty Charlotte, Queen of the United Kingdom. Hello, my children. So I told my husband and he immediately said, you have to write the book. And I was like, well, I don't know. Um, he said, no, no, you have to write the book. You have to write the book. And he said, and you should be co-writers with Shonda. So truly it, it was his idea in many ways. Shout out to Dr. Husband. And I also have to say most of his ideas are terrible. <laughs> um, his book ideas are really, really bad, but this one was quite good. And so... I wasn't sure, you know, how to broach it because I, I knew they were very busy getting things going. And then at the premiere, the, the season two premiere for Bridgerton, I, I said to Shonda, you know, I'd love to write the novel based on the scripts. You know, we'll basically reverse engineer it. So, you know, you've got the Bridgerton books, which created the series, which led to another series, which could make another book, which is, you know, very full circle and meta and all these crazy things. <laughs> and she's like, oh, that's a really neat idea. And then I didn't hear anything else because, um, you know, she's she's busy. And then out of nowhere, gosh, in May, maybe, I get an email from Shonda's book agent who I'd met, you know, by on the telephone before, once before. So I knew who she was saying, oh, we, we need to talk. And I'm thinking, maybe it's about the book. <laughs> I can't imagine what else it would be. And so, and she's very, very New York and let's get going. And so she <laughs> starts it. talking when we, when we have the phone call and finally said, are we talking about the same thing? Cause she didn't actually like preface it by saying, let's talk about this book. She's like, all right, so let's get going on this project. And I'm thinking, I, I just want to make sure we're talking about the Queen Charlotte book because you know, I mentioned it to Shonda a while ago and I hadn't heard anything more. She's like, well, yes, of course. And and that was how we got started. And wow. it's just been so incredibly cool. That sounds like a whirlwind start. Like, wow. And really exciting. So after that phone call with Shonda, did you start putting some ideas down on paper? Um, or did no. you wait for the scripts to come before you did it? I waited thing? for the script. Okay. So my goodness, co-writing. Can you share what that process is like and then i mean you who has this series and this huge fan base shout out to your brazilian readers <laughs> we're the best <laughs> right and um you also have this magnet this this 
Shonda Rhimes, who has this huge body of work and team behind her as well. How do you two co-write something? Like, how does that work? Do you do you strip everything away and just come together? Or do you write some and she writes some? And how does it work? You know, it's like we're the best kind of elementary school best friends. Oh, we wow. take turns. We take turns. And and that's what it was. I mean, I think people sort of had this vision of us like sitting in a room somewhere. We didn't really do this. She wrote the scripts, passed them off to me, and I turned them into a book. What's so interesting, I have a, a much younger sister. She's 19. She was asked, mm-hmm. she got the Dune book and she was like, Gabby, was, did this come out before the movie? And I just had this moment of like, uh, let me Google really fast. But I think what was really interesting about that moment for me was there is interest in seeing something and then going and reading about it. Um, so when I heard about the Queen Charlotte book, I got so excited um, mm-hmm. that there's an opportunity to to dig in even more and to live with these characters and this this prequel even longer. And I'm guessing in a more kind of juicy, more fat to chew kind of way. Do you expand some of the story that we see on screen too? Yes. I mean, so what I, the first thing I figured out I needed to do was focus just on the earlier time period. So in the show, it, it bops back and forth between young Queen Charlotte and King George and what um, they call in the scripts Bridgerton present time, which is the characters we all know and love from Bridgerton, which is actually very funny. They never actually say that. It just says BPS through the whole thing. And I'm looking like, what is BPS? <laughs> I think I had the scripts for about three weeks before finally I asked somebody, I'm like, what is BPS? What is this? Um, I, I was so confused. So <laughs> anyway, um, so BPS is not really in the books. I just, you know, going back and forth is something that is very effective in a film medium, but less so in a book medium. I mean, you, you can do it, but for the type of story that I'm known for, for the type of story that I wanted to tell, it doesn't work that well to keep bopping back and forth between time. And so I decided to really focus on the characters when they were young and it's bracketed by, you know, like a prologue and epilogue in BPS, but the rest of the story is all on the young characters. So that was the first big decision. And then the next decision was, okay, well, whose point of view is this in? How am I gonna do this? And so I realized I, I want, I needed more than just two points of view and my novels are very tightly written with only the points of view of the main protagonists. Um, and so if you read one of my non-Queen Charlotte novels, which is basically everything else, you won't ever find a scene that doesn't have one of the main two characters in it because it's always in their points of view. Third person, but always in their points of view. But this time I, was, I thought, you know, this story is bigger than that. So now we have, we have our, our two main love interests, the king and the queen, but you also have chapters from Lady Danbury's point of view and Brimsley's point of view. And I got to give Brimsley a first name. He didn't have a first name. He, he doesn't have a first name in the show, but I got to, he's, he's Bartholomew Brimsley. Bart, Bart Brimsley. No, no, it's Bartholomew. Okay. <laughs> it's Bart In my head, me and Brimsley, no we were friends. So I, I have a nickname for him already. <laughs> yeah. Bartholomew. Well, I'm too much of a... A Simpsons fan, so my my Bart goes right there. And yeah, he's not that Bart. Bartholomew. 
Mm-hmm. Wow, Bartholomew Brimsley. And nobody calls him that except once in the book. Reynolds calls him Bartholomew. So we get to spend more time with Reynolds too then. You do. And you know, that was kind of my biggest regret. Well, not really regret because I, I, I wouldn't have done it differently, but wish that we had something from Reynolds' point of view because, well, after I saw the show and and went out to the set once, I mean, Freddie, who plays him, is so good. And I, I'm like, ooh I, I, ooh, I wish I knew more about Reynolds now. But it, it would have worked with the book. But now I'm all like, ooh. I mean, honestly, spinoff. No, there, okay, so this is me wishful thinking spinoff. It's... <laughs> I have to be careful because people think I know things and I really don't. But I think when you see the show, you're like, oh, Reynolds is totally a duke in hiding. He is so, so regal. Oh, the way you Isn't said he? that. Yeah. The duke in hiding. I can, and believe me, in Romance Landia, which is what they call the world of romance books, there are plenty of dukes in hiding. I mean, like, who, for whatever reason, are, like, hiding as, like, a groom in the stables or... Oh, wow. They're usually, like, a groom in the stables. They're not usually, like, somebody's manservant. Um, But maybe, yeah. So, I mean, he just... I don't know. I think Reynolds has a secret background. Maybe he's really a spy. Maybe he's really a duke. But I'm Team Reynolds here. I think he should have his own show. You know, that makes me think about... Well, first of all, I was wondering about Reynolds and Brimsley a whole lot while watching this series. I also absolutely mm-hmm. love Agatha Danbury and everything she represents and Princess mm-hmm. Augusta. So there are some unanswered questions and thoughts that we're curious about from the series that may or may not be answered. Like, I just have more questions about some of the silences and interactions and like what is happening in the days in between what we're seeing you know so yes yeah so that's one thing I did get to do so for example uh and this doesn't give any hopefully this will just make you more curious about the show if you haven't seen it but in the show you don't find out how even days came about right you don't see how that came up even day is inside your majesty so when I went to visit the set in July, I hadn't gotten up to that part in the book yet. So I asked Tom Verica, the director, and I said, How, you know, do we know where Even Days came up? He's like, in Shonda's head. And, <laughs> and so I was like, okay. So I'm like, I guess I get to make this one up, you know? So yeah, I got to write the scene where they come up with Even Days. So that was really fun. That is incredible. We'll be right back with more fascinating insights into the creation of Bridgerton's universe and Queen Charlotte, a Bridgerton story. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Discover new technology and endless comfort with Victoria's Secret's number one collection, Body by Victoria. 
with over 3,500 five-star reviews, see what all the hype is about when it comes to their best-selling styles. Their latest innovation provides support where you need it without an ounce of padding. It's all you. With lightweight construction and technology that smooths, shapes, and supports, these silhouettes are designed to conform to your curves for a natural-looking fit. Experience unlined perfection with the Invisible Lift Demi Bra, a style that moves with you and is nearly undetectable under clothes. Or comfortably reduce your bust line by up to one inch with the Invisible Lift Minimizer Bra. Unbelievable and unforgettable, there's more to explore when it comes to Body by Victoria. Available in cups A through G and bands 30 to 44. That's 43 sizes in 22 styles. Shop now at your nearest Victoria's Secret store and online at victoriasecret.com. You need a vehicle that can meet your family's needs, and Toyota has you covered. Introducing the first-ever Grand Highlander, a midsize SUV with the ideal combination of space, performance, style, and advanced tech. The roomy Grand Highlander never makes you choose between passengers and cargo. You can fit both with ease. With three spacious rows and available seating for up to eight, and a leg room that makes even long trips comfortable. With Grand Highlander's available 362 horsepower hybrid max powertrain on limited and platinum trims, you can be confident that you have the power, acceleration, and efficiency needed for almost any adventure your family can cook up. And you'll get where you're going in style with a modern, spacious cabin that's perfect for both playdates and date nights. Impressive tech upgrades take the new Grand Highlander to the next level, including a standard digital key, an available panoramic view mirror, and a 12.3-inch multimedia touchscreen. Don't just live life. Live life grander in the first-ever Toyota Grand Highlander. Learn more at toyota.com slash grandhighlander. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview, Great Falls, offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. Welcome back to Queen Charlotte, a Bridgerton story, the official podcast. I'm Gabby Collins, and we're talking with Julia Quinn. She's taking us also behind the scenes of Queen Charlotte. She was on set. Let's let's get back into our chat. I've been asking everybody for like their full circle moment or their flash forward or flashback mm-hmm. connected to working on this project or a scene, you know, and the thing that everyone has said about Shonda and Shonda has said herself too is like, I'm not really connecting it like to my life. I'm just, it's in my head. And I think that is such an interesting thing for us to to hear, um, especially mm-hmm. for creatives. Like, you know, just just imagine, just, just come up with something. Um, but yeah, mm-hmm. but it is also very wonderful to hear the connections to everyone's life too. Um, but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. when you said Tom said it was in her head, that 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 just uh, reminded me of that. So are there any yes. are there any cliffhangers, too, that you might have filled in? So cliffhangers or uh... I'm, I'm specifically thinking about what happened to Reynolds, because there's a scene where Hugh Sachs, who plays present oh. day Brimsley, is just dancing alone and looking into the distance. No, we we don't know what happened to Reynolds, but that's why he needs a spinoff. <laughs> okay. 
I didn't fill in what happened to Reynolds. Um, for one thing, it, it wouldn't have worked within the scope of the book. It, it just, it, you know. Yeah. Because I, yeah, I don't know. I almost feel like if I had tried to say what happened to Reynolds and and, and I, I didn't think about it, it would almost kind of ruin the poignancy and the sadness of that moment. Part of what makes it so heart-wrenching is the question, like, well, what happened? And I think similarly for one of my other favorite moments from the series, which is when Lady Danbury and the now-widowed Viscountess Violet sit down in silence. They, they're surrounded by Lord Ledger's hats, birthday hats all around them. They just sit down quietly, I guess agreeing to not discuss the elephant in the room. Um, yeah. So that one storyline did not end up in the book about uh, Lord Ledger. So Violet doesn't even appear. Um, you have to pick and choose what's going to work within the story. Mm -hmm. And there was already so much to talk about and to focus on that that in the novel, it just felt like it wasn't going to fit. And it was distracting actually from other things that Agatha was going through. Mm. Um and also, I felt that, you know, I'd already made the decision not to have Bridgerton present time in there. Right. And I felt that Agatha's relationship with Violet's father was so tied in with her relationship with Violet as an adult in terms of the way it was told in the story mm. that having taken out her relationship as an adult, as an adult, well, there, she was an adult both times, but in Bridgerton present time with Violet, that her relationship with the father while still meaningful, it, it just lost some of its power and it just, it didn't, it didn't work within the confines of the story. So that part's not in there. Okay. Okay. What were some of yeah. your favorite parts from the series? So that we're not giving away the book too much. We'll just, we'll just talk about what really sat with you after watching the series. Okay. So the first one that made me just squeal was the meet cute. Oh, I mean, yeah. I would not call this rom-com. I mean, it's definitely not a rom-com, but that was a rom-com meet cute. Absolutely. And I remember watching that being like, oh my gosh, romance fans are going to be so here for this. Uh, hello, my lady. Are you in need of assistance of some kind? Uh, I am quite fine, thank you. You can go back inside and wait with all the other Gorkans. I will, but first, I'm curious. What are you doing? Nothing. You would doing something. I am not. You are. I am not. You are. If you must know, I'm trying to ascertain the best way to climb over the garden wall. Climb whatever for? Because I think he may be a beast. A beast? Or a troll. Who are we discussing? Oh, well, that is impertinent. None of your business. No one will speak of him. No one. He is clearly a beast or a troll. Understood. You know, if I grab there, yes, perhaps you could assist me by lifting me up there. Uh, one question. You do not like beasts or trolls? What he looks like matters? I do not care what he looks like. What I do not like is not knowing. Now, here, just take hold here. With a lift, I I believe I can make it over the garden wall. You want me to lift you over the wall so you may escape? That is what I said, yes. People will notice you are missing, will they not? I shall worry about that later. Now, if you please, I just need a little help. Come, make haste. I have absolutely no intention of helping you. I am a lady in distress. You refuse to help a lady in distress. I refuse when that lady in distress is trying to go over a wall so that she does not have to marry me. Hello, Charlotte. I'm George. Those were the best pickup lines I've ever heard. 
<laughs> I can't remember who I emailed, but I emailed someone right away being like, oh my gosh, this is the best meet cute ever. <laughs> um, and then the other one moment that has really stayed with me is the very last scene of the show where honestly, like I already thought Golda Rocheville was an incredible actor. That last scene where she's talking to her, her husband, there's an expression on her face when she looks at him. And I remember thinking she needs the Emmy for this one frame. That like, I'm sad, but excited and so in love and so sad at all at once expression that, oh, I know what you mean. Yes. I know what you mean. It's this what I mean, I went back and watched it and then I froze the frame on it. And I just thought this woman is. Yeah. I mean, she's just a master. It was, especially because, you know, we we see Queen Charlotte so much as this, like, sassy, like, you know, who run the world girls kind of thing. <laughs> and, you know, she's always, you know, she's got these great quips like, you know, of course it's a wonderful idea. I thought of it. You know, that, you know, that sort of things. And then, you know, you see these little flashes of who she is underneath every now and then. So it's not like we haven't seen that before, but in that moment, oh. I mean, I'm getting chills. My heart's like, oh. Yeah. Um, yeah. And she's also in that look, like asking herself, is she? Am I crazy? Am I crazy? It's just so much happening right there. Yeah. The whole final scene, the way that the cinematography is incredible, but um, right. her expression in that scene when she looks at her husband and, and when she's not even looking at him, but just sort of thinking just is spectacular. So I, I did love that too. Yeah. I found myself surprised by several moments like that throughout the series where I was like, let me go and chill out with my husband for a little bit or <laughs> call my dad. Let me just. <laughs> yeah. And there was one other scene, which is really special. I don't know if you caught it. It's in the final episode um, where Agatha is out walking with Charlotte's brother. Oh, Adolphus. And Adolphus, thank you. And you you may have noticed somebody in the park with a white wig on, sitting on a bench. Stop playing with my emotions, Julia Quinn. Who are you saying? Make Let me make sure you're saying what I think you're saying. What? I make an appearance. You make an appearance. What would Whistledown say? And you missed say? me. I can't believe you I missed me. me. Oh my goodness gracious. I no, honestly, I'm almost unrecognizable. You put me in a white wig. Wait, I, what were you? What was the dress? Wait, so wait, whoa, whoa! You were on set. You well, got dressed up. The whole thing. We have to. Oh yeah, I know. Well, now I'm going to do something even like more worse for people. Like on thing, I'm actually going to show you a picture, which I don't know. Maybe you can put it alongside. But here we go. Wow, Julia is showing me an image of herself in full. Did Lynn make this costume for you in full costume? Oh, and this hat. Yes. So it was a very last minute thing that I was going to do this because the thing is when you're, when you're, they don't like calling them extras, they call them SAs, which I can never remember what it means. But um, it actually takes a lot of time to, to do this because you have to get all made up and everything. And actually for, usually they, they spend like the day before figuring out your look. And, and so I have opted not to, be an extra in Bridgerton before because my time on set is so limited that I want to be able to watch things. Mm. Um, but I had, when I was visiting Queen Charlotte, I actually had much more time than I've had in recent times with Bridgerton. So at the last minute, I was like, okay, yeah, I'll do this. And so, and, and we were on location. So 
they didn't have the full costume haul. And so they had to work with what they just happened to have with them. And they literally had to sew me into the dress. Like the dress was sewn while it was on my body. Like I could not have removed it. You were draped. You had a draper. I was, well, basically they didn't have anything quite large enough for me. All the other extras are a little bit more slender. And so they had to like take it out and then like literally like stitch me in. And then when I was done, I was like, somebody needs to cut me out of this. You did not need to. I did. I had to be cut out of the dress. I mean, it didn't have to be, I mean, it didn't have to be ruined, but somebody had to go in there with scissors and cut the stitches. Wow. And um, yeah, it was really (laughs) (laughs) Stay tuned. We'll be back with Julia Quinn to uncover more of the magic of Queen Charlotte's story. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Discover new technology and endless comfort with Victoria's Secret's number one collection, Body by Victoria. With over 3,500 five-star reviews, see what all the hype is about when it comes to their best-selling styles. Their latest innovation provides support where you need it without an ounce of padding. It's all you. With lightweight construction and technology that smooths, shapes, and supports, these silhouettes are designed to conform to your curves for a natural-looking fit. Experience unlined perfection with the Invisible Lift Demi Bra, a style that moves with you and is nearly undetectable under clothes. Or comfortably reduce your bust line by up to one inch with the Invisible Lift Minimizer Bra. Unbelievable and unforgettable, there's more to explore when it comes to Body by Victoria. Available in cups A through G and bands 30 to 44. That's 43 sizes in 22 styles. Shop now at your nearest Victoria's Secret store and online at victoriasecret.com. You need a vehicle that can meet your family's needs, and Toyota has you covered. Introducing the first-ever Grand Highlander, a midsize SUV with the ideal combination of space, performance, style, and advanced tech. The roomy Grand Highlander never makes you choose between passengers and cargo. You can fit both with ease, with three spacious rows and available seating for up to eight, and a legroom that makes even long trips comfortable. With Grand Highlander's available 362-horsepower hybrid max powertrain on limited and platinum trims, you can be confident that you have the power, acceleration, and efficiency needed for almost any adventure your family can cook up. And you'll get where you're going in style with a modern, spacious cabin that's perfect for both playdates and date nights. Impressive tech upgrades take the new Grand Highlander to the next level, including a standard digital key, an available panoramic view mirror, and a 12.3-inch multimedia touchscreen. Don't just live life. Live life grander in the first ever Toyota Grand Highlander. Learn more at toyota.com slash Grand Highlander. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. 
We're back. Julia's insights and creativity are transporting us back to the days of crafting the book with Shonda and talk about pinch me moments. Okay, let's talk more about this incredible journey of Queen Charlotte. You were in that scene with Agatha. I was wondering, going back to the book, I have a favorite moment with Agatha, but one of them is Mm -hmm. the port wine moment. Yes. That monologue, that dialogue she has with Coral, does that make an appearance in the book? Oh, yes. Oh. Oh, yes. Wow. It's not surprising you should mourn him. He was your husband. Perhaps some tea instead of... What is that? Port wine. It is awful. But it is Lord Danbury's favourite. Was was his favorite i would say you know of the scenes that are in the book gosh probably at least three quarters of the dialogue makes it in there at least because well it's because it's so good and that's also what you know the show is in many ways is the dialogue Mm -hmm. you know that's what's in the script so so much of it goes in there and then what'll happen is you'll have that dialogue and you know and sometimes what it might be is that you know might get broken up by you know, maybe Coral will have a few more comments so it's not so much of a monologue. Because when you're doing a monologue on um, in film, you can frame it different ways so it, it doesn't seem as long. Yeah, you can like break it up sort of. Exactly, with the way you film it. And in the book, that's harder to do. So sometimes these long speeches get broken up into little pieces, um, but it's, most of it's there. Um, and then then there's some where I can sort of add more dialogue, like in you know, in like some of the meet cutes or some of the fun mm-hmm. little bantery conversations, you know, I can like, if, if I think of a fun line, I can put it in. So you'll have like, you know, this is from the script and then you have a few things and then this is from the script. So you can sort of expand it a little bit. Then the other thing that's kind of interesting is that, which we haven't touched on, is that really what the process was in many ways was breaking down the architecture of a television script and then rebuilding it into a novel. Mm-hmm. Um, Mm-hmm. because a television script has many, many short scenes. Novels have longer scenes. And so there are, and sometimes there'd be things where like, there's a moment that I love that I want from one person's point of view, but maybe like I'm telling that scene from a different point of view. So I like move it over or like with the, I have to change the order of things slightly in order to keep it in a chapter format. So a so few scenes get or parts of scenes get moved around a little. So I've actually kind of thought the people who are going to be most fascinated by the book are the people who know the scripts really well. Because, you know, if you know these scripts inside and out and you read the book, you'd be like, oh my gosh, she moved this. You know, it's like puzzle pieces moving around. And it really was a lot like a puzzle. That's really cool. Yeah, I've talked to some of my writer friends about it and they're all fascinated by the process. Uh, They're like, that is so interesting, you know, because we don't get to do it, really. I keep going back to it with you because I, I, I bet you that there's parts of your process that are just so kind of like innate that that you're maybe not even realizing it's a part of your process because I, I, am so, I just want to be a fly on the wall in your head watching you think through how you move these puzzle pieces around and massage this story. 
Well, you know, I've often joked I'm the most left-brained romance writer you'll meet. I'm very mathematical. Right. I'm very into science. Yeah. And um, so for me, I think it used some of that side of my brain that I don't get to use as much in the creative writing part, which is like, ooh, ooh, puzzle, puzzle, puzzle. You know, where do we put this one? And where do we put that one? And, you know, moving pieces around. Oh, no, this belongs with this character and not that. And so it was... Um, It was really fun. And also, and this is something I told Shonda, was that I was also very grateful for this project because I had been coming out of just a period where I didn't really want to write. We had a a big tragedy in my family in 2021. Uh, My father and my sister were killed by a drunk driver. And I just hadn't been wanting to write. It wasn't like writer's block. I just didn't want to do it. And so this project really kind of pulled me out of that. I think because it was so different and um, and it was bittersweet because, you know, my dad was actually, he, he was Mr. Whistledown. Was a man of, well, no, but he, he definitely wasn't Mr. Whistledown, <laughs> but he was a man of many trades and he was actually for a short time, a screenwriter. Oh, I didn't know that. And yes. He, I think he, he was kind of a frustrated screenwriter for a long time. He wrote like an episode of the television show Hunter, um, which who know I don't know much about it wow. except that you know now that I'm managing his estate you know we get these residual checks for like three dollars every now and then <laughs> and um he he did write a feature film that he and his brother made called Heartwood which honestly wasn't very good and he's the first one who will tell you that but um but it starred Hillary Swank before she got really big and anyway so he was a screenwriter and he had often talked to me about like you know, you could he basically saying like, how would you adapt Bridgerton to, you know? And I was like, I don't know. He's like, it just wouldn't work because of, you know, he would come, he'd tell me why it wouldn't work. And then of course, Shonda came along and made it work, which is amazing. But he would have been really fascinated by the process of turning a script into a novel. Yeah. Um, and so I thought of that a lot doing it and just, you know, how much I wished I could tell him about this experience. Cause he was also, you know, this very creative person who was incredibly left-brained like me, you know, he, I think he majored in organic chemistry in college, you know, and then, Just and then went to the business family, school. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> he did organic chemistry, then went to business school and he actually wrote code for the Apollo moon project. Okay. That's how he got out of going to Vietnam. It's not amazing, like as one does. And then tried to be a screenwriter and then ended up sort of finishing out his life writing children's books, which was really what he should have been doing all along because he he was really an 11-year-old inside. And wow. he was just, yeah. So we salute he him. would have loved. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Um, yeah. He definitely lived life. And he, he would have really loved hearing about the process. He would have been on the phone with me a lot. So I wanted to ask you about the doctor and like the observatory and all oh, the right. medical scenes. What did you do with that? And when you received it from Shonda, those those scenes, um, what was your first impression? It's very, very different from anything that I can think of I've seen from Shondaland. Well, it's pretty horrifying. Yeah. Um, and what's actually interesting is that when I turned the book into my editor, she was looking and she's like, she says, well, I'm guessing that, you know, you're sort of following, you know, you're taking your cues from the show. But I, she said that if it weren't based on a show, she like might have asked me to tone it down <laughs> or to shorten it a little bit because it was pretty, you know, pretty disturbing and awful. 
you know, it's not the first time I've written about mental illness. Writing about it is is tough because you, again, you're looking at it through a historical lens and you're very much aware of all the things that people did not know or understand. And yet you're still trying to be respectful. Um, and so like I had, you know, one of the characters say something like, it, it, this is in the other book I wrote, just sort of like, I don't know. I mean, I think you just can't, make somebody happy or, you know, I, I was just like, how, how would hopefully a kind and an empathetic person maybe view this? And I guess in the case of the doctor, how would somebody who's not kind and empathetic view this? It's difficult because, you know, you're, you're looking at this and being like, oh my gosh, you know, and, and not just that, I mean, the doctor's just obviously horrific, but you know, even how the other characters view the King's illness, you have to sort of try to pull out everything we know about mental health now and you know try to look at these characters more kindly and be like how are they managing their feelings with the information they have and mm. um and so you have to cut them some slack just you know for not you know they don't know about serotonin they don't know about ptsd they don't know i mean there's so many things that so many tools and bits of information that we have that they don't and at the same time, you know, you, you're trying to, I mean, even like Augusta, as awful as she is at times, you know, she's trying, she's absolutely trying her best and her. acting out of love. Okay, I love her. I love her. Yeah. <laughs> she just wants the best for her son and is, is trying everything she's got. Yeah. Now drink this pear brandy um, and come on, let's get this thing done. I love her. Yeah. <laughs> Shut up and do your job. <laughs> So it is interesting to, to see this all through the historical lens. That is really interesting. And I also was curious if in your head, what Lady Whistledown might have said if she existed during this time about Agatha and Herman's union. Because oh I want to know if Agatha married up or if she married down. Did she, what did she do oh. before they came over to join the Taunton? Oh, Agatha married across. Oh, she married a cross. Yes. Agatha and Herman are both descended from African royalty. And um, gosh, I thought that was in the show. It's definitely in the book now. I'm so glad it's detailed in the book. Yes. I mean, not super detailed, but yeah, but it's in there that they're both descended from royalty. And in fact, you know, she, her parents basically betrothed her to him when she was just three and part of the reason he wanted her was because she came from a royal bloodline, as did he. Yeah. I, I was just wondering, because she has that, she says t twice, once to Princess Augusta and once to her son, a little bit about her background and um, that she has a lot of money. More money, even, is what she says to Princess Augusta. And so mm -hmm. just seeing, hearing her say that and then seeing her try to navigate the ton and make moves on behalf of her and Herman made me wonder if Herman was from the same stock or had even more money than her family or less. I think they both had a lot to begin with, although, you know, he kind of ruined that as you know, right. Men always seem to do in, in these books and stories. Very Featherington um, of him. Very, very Featherington. Yes. Yeah. And it, so I think, you know, and, and we, I was very mindful of how to use, you know, 
how what, how to call everything. So um, I think we referred to sort of their set as the dark skinned elite. Mm. Um, you know, uh, and although now that I've said that, I I think that's what made it the final. And and you know, think terms like that where I was trying to figure out how to, you know, what to call different things. Like you know, do right. we want to use the words black and white? Do we want to use dark skinned or light skinned? I, I, you know, these, so these are things I always ran by Shonda. to be like, you know, how do we want to have these people oh, man. portray their world? Because on the one hand, it is what they at the time are calling themselves. But on the other hand, you have a modern audience. Wow, right. So you have to be very careful how you do that. So I was trying to, you know, we don't go into it in detail, but basically just sort of allude to the fact that in London at this time, there are two elites that are kind of separate and don't mix. So you have this um, group of people who are not white, who also have a big sort of their own social system and they have their own elites there um, and their own different types of snobbery. Um, you know, it's like Herman, for example, he, he would only marry Agatha, you know, and, and was willing to wait for her to grow up because he needed to mix his bloodline with hers because she's of royal bloodline. So, you know, so they've got their own things going on too. And that, but then you've got the idea that, okay, you have these two elites and they don't mix, but one is more elite than the other. Cause one is like, you know, you've got, you've got the king of Great Britain, you know, right there. So, um, got it. So the book is going to fill in those holes and it's, also helps us to understand why Charlotte's arrival is even more nuanced and special. Yeah. It's it's not yeah, that is fascinating. I cannot wait to read this. I cannot wait to read it. Well, thank and you. And to watch Queen Charlotte again. Julia Quinn, there's so much to talk about. I enjoy talking with you all of the time. It's an honor and a pleasure and a privilege to to share time with you. So thank you so much. And thank you for all the inspiration as well. Well, thank you. You ask such good questions. It makes me actually think about my process and what I did more closely. So I appreciate it. Thank you so, so much. As we wrap up this enchanting episode, uh, we wanted to extend our sincerest thanks to Julia Quinn for gracing us with her presence and sharing the magic of Queen Charlotte. And in our next episode, we're going to be joined by the duo, Shonda Rhimes and Betsy Beers. You got to listen to this episode. It's going to be really fun to hear them talk about their partnership, their creativity, and all of the things that we thought we knew about the inspiration for Queen Charlotte and the secrets and everything. We're going to be told we're wrong left and right, and it's cool. (laughs) It's going to be really fun. Make sure you listen. Until then, may love and scandal guide your path. Queen Charlotte, the official podcast, is executive produced by Sandy Bailey, Lauren Homan, Alex Alche, Tyler Klang, and me, Gabrielle Collins. Our producer and editor is Tari Harrison. Subscribe to the podcast anywhere you get your favorite shows. Get the book. I'm a crispy turn the page, smell the binding kind of queen, but you can download it. And you can find Queen Charlotte, a Bridgerton story on Netflix. We'll see you next week. Queen Charlotte, the official podcast, is a production of Shondaland Audio in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more podcasts, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. 
Discover new technology and endless comfort with Victoria's Secret's number one collection, Body by Victoria. With over 3,500 five-star reviews, see what all the hype is about when it comes to their best-selling styles. Their latest innovation features lightweight construction that provides support where you need it without an ounce of padding. Experience unlined perfection with the nearly undetectable Invisible Lift Demi Bra or comfortably reduce your bust line by up to one inch with the Invisible Lift Minimizer Bra. Available in cups A through G and bands 30 to 44, that's 43 sizes in 22 styles. Shop now at your nearest Victoria's Secret store and online at victoriasecret.com. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. Ready to celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's and iHeart present Women Take the Mic, sharing empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&M's and spread some positivity. From breaking glass ceilings to dominating in sports and entertainment, women truly are unstoppable.